ride, gonna get crunk. Yeah. Head back to Longview, Kelly poppin' trunk. Yeah. I ain't even trippin', yeah. riding and I'm sippin'. Yeah. Yeah. Let me come through four poles that it's sippin'. Yeah. 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 Let me yeah. lap, yeah. watch yeah. the trunk crack. Yeah. Yeah. Let me sit sideways, see be runnin' back. Yeah. 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 Maybe AP, yeah. maybe AD. Yeah. Yeah. I ain't even trippin' cause we some athletes. Yeah. Yeah. Messin' with Smitty yeah. in the summertime. Yeah. He get pissed if we don't make our time. Yeah. But we gon' get it, cause we gotta finish. Yeah. Nebraska horn hustles, man, we diminish. Yeah. Yeah. Little. Yeah. I ain't like a skittle. Yeah. I ain't even tripping. I ain't never double dribble. Yeah. Cause I'm a player from the Himalaya. Yeah. Let me sit sideways, man. Maybe back door. Maybe fall off. Yeah. Sipping codeine cause I gotta kill yeah. cold. Yeah. Let me sit sideways in the big bins. Oh, yeah. you boys, they my brothers, they my friends. Yeah. I let Coach Sumlin. Yeah. I let the stoops. Yeah. Let me sit sideways in the Tudo coupe. Yeah. Cause I'm sitting clean. Bones yeah. on the lead. Yeah. Look at my pants, got a stag in my jeans. Yeah. Let me sit sideways. Cause I'm steady coming. Yeah. PT throwing that ball and it's humming. Yeah. I'ma gon' catch it. Yeah. I'ma gon' wretch it. Yeah. Man, I'm sitting sideways, boy, showing naked. Sixteen years ago today. Pretty awesome. Really, really good stuff. Big 12 championship. That was Kansas City, right? Cold. Kansas City beat Nebraska. Because yeah. I feel like. In the video, doesn't he have like the the under? Doesn't he have like the hood on from like the long sleeves? Well, they have to defog the uh, the camera, <laughs> yeah. like in the middle. Of the, the the cameraman's like wiping off the front of the camera. You know that that uh, the Malcolm Kelly freestyle. It's really interesting because everyone knows it today. I think even there's a lot of non-football fans that know what that is. Yeah, but it really has kind of seemingly grown. Like it's most popularity in the in the recent like most recent five years. Like OU fans knew about it after it happened because you always used to watch that playback show when you mm-hmm. saw it. But I don't like in the last five years. I think is where it's really blown up on YouTube, which is which is really cool. And now they play it right before the games, or at least they did this year. That's that's awesome. Right, one well, of the most well known uh, freestyles, college football style. Well, we've ever heard. Yeah, it's. It's kind of like a lot of other things that you just you didn't see a whole lot of it's so much easier now to share that thing, right? Like whenever it happened, you couldn't throw it on Twitter and share it to just a ton of people. Like you had to You had to watch the playback show to see it. You had to that watch was the, the only playback way you show could see it. Yeah. and then like you would have had to have record the playback show somehow and and had access to it's just it's interesting isn't it yeah and so a lot of stuff like that it gets bigger with time because it's just so much easier to share it between people so yeah really cool what uh we said yesterday december 1st was a great day in uh, ou history we had some good ones um today there's some really good ones really you've got that one the most one of the most iconic freestyles uh, from Malcolm Kelly. Mm-hmm. Twenty two years ago today, OU won its first Big Twelve championship with that win in Kansas City over uh, Kansas State. And then there's one more. Is this the last game that the 1950 team played uh, in their national championship season? It uh, today is yes. OU won last game of the 1950 season. So who they beat? Kentucky. Uh, I'm not sure who the Sugar Bowl didn't they? Isn't that who they played that year? That may yeah, be I think right. it was Kentucky, but um, yeah, it's uh, it's a good day. It's crazy that they played their last game of the season on this day. Well, they won their last game, I should say. They beat uh, Oklahoma A and M on December second, 1950, 41-14. At Lewis Field. Nice. Then they did lose to Kentucky in the Sugar Bowl, but hey, who cares about that? Still won the title. We already hung the banner at that point. Oh, it's just a bowl game. No one cares about those. You already won the national championship. We've been in SEC school for 70 years now. Yeah. They they lost to them in Tulane Stadium. I guess that's where they play the Sugar Bowl, huh? They used to. That used to be an outdoor stadium. But nice. yeah, yeah. So um, 16 years ago today, one of the more iconic moments of the. I don't know if it's one of the more iconic moments of the Bob Stoops era. Maybe it is because of YouTube and social media. But it's interesting for sure. Um, conference championships, man. You got one that's starting tonight, and I guess we can go ahead and start to preview it because we're about three hours away from kickoff. 
you locked USC yeah. in the Ref Royal Rumble, and it sounds like you're of the opinion that everyone else is, is that, yeah, Utah's a good team for sure, and they may even have the right blueprint to beat USC, but Caleb Williams is so good that it's not really going to matter tonight. Yeah. Um, I think I think Southern Cal wins the football game. I think there's there's a little bit more to it. I, I, I like how Utah is built better, um, like their style. But like just star power, USC has it right now, and the the wave of momentum that you get whenever all of a sudden you're good after being bad for a long time, you it's almost impossible to replicate that under any other scenario. If you're if you're good often and you have another year where you got a chance to win a conference championship and maybe make a playoff. You cannot replicate what it's like the first time you might make it. Yeah. Right? And they're the only one in this this whole thing that has a realistic chance other than other than TCU to try and but they've got a fan base that is about thirty times larger than TCU's. So I just feel like with all of that momentum, all of that support all of a sudden growing behind them, confidence building. I, I just I think it's going to be too much for Utah. And it's in Vegas, but there's go, it's going to be yeah. very, very heavy. And you USC know what? Fans. You know, you, Utah did win the first matchup. That is true. Now, what's also true is that if you remember that game, and I think that we all stayed up late to watch that game, I barely did, but Utah had to go for a two-point conversion to win the game. Mm-hmm. And did they have a lead maybe early yeah, on? Lead at halftime, 28 They did. I think. But it, 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 like what I remember from that game is USC, man, They it, it felt like they were in control for most of the game. And yeah. Utah was fortunate to get the ball late, go down and score, and get that two-point conversion. But as much as, I, s- as much as I want Utah to win tonight, God, please let Utah win tonight. It felt like for a large portion of that game, the first time around, that USC was the better team. Yeah. And Utah just hung on and and got the two point there to win it, as you pointed out. Um, but I, the game was weird because USC had a chance to to try and win it late, and remember there was a malfunction the, the clock situation, and it was it was just really weird. Muleshoe was uh, complaining about the officials after the game, big time. Yeah. And I feel like there was something he had a beef with, or that that was a legit beef. There was a like a roughing oh. the passer call that uh, yeah. went against them, a hit on the quarterback. Yeah, yeah, yeah he was that's fired right. Up. Fired up about that, but you know the game should have been over way before it was because they, in my opinion, totally botched the way they handled the clock. But who cares? Good. It should be a good game. Um, I just think that. USC is going to be too much. The other part of that pick is I started off this year pretty decently and have totally fallen apart. Yeah. And I'm trying to sabotage that football game by picking it. Good, good. I'm so excited for the back half of this year and so excited to keep coaching these guys. So, I'm ready to go practice right now. Now, it sounds like he says an F-bomb there, but he doesn't really say an F-bomb there. But <laughs> No, it's, it was – the way you placed the beep in there just worked out so perfectly. I know. Um, look, I'm, I'm picking with my heart here. Sorry. Uh, let's go Utes. Utes by, wow. Utes by a field goal tonight. Let's, let's, let's do it. Um, Cam Rising is going to have to play out of his mind, which he's capable of. Um, he, did, he played well enough the first time around. He did. He outplayed Caleb Williams, and Caleb Williams, well, maybe he, uh, yeah, he outplayed Caleb Williams. Caleb Williams had 381 yards and five touchdowns, but Cam Rising, what, far better completion percentage, 415 yards, two touchdowns, and also rushed for three touchdowns. Tomorrow at 11 a.m. I think is going to be the game of the day, which, by the way, tomorrow – 
as a sports watching day is amazing. And I know some of you out there say, I hate soccer. Well, I don't love soccer either, but I do love my country. And tomorrow is about supporting the USA. You've got the U.S. men at 9 a.m., You've got the Big 12 Championship at 11 a.m., OU Hoops at Villanova at 11.30. Then you have the SEC, the Big 10, and the ACC Championship games Mm. later that afternoon and a couple at night. Tomorrow is an elite sports-watching day. I cannot wait. But that game at 11 a.m. in Arlington is going to be big time. And I guess the the number is down to TCU minus one and a half. Hmm. Um, It's down a full point today. That's interesting. And I had talked myself into, earlier this week, Kansas State's going to win. Kansas State was really blowing TCU out before their two quarterbacks got hurt in the game in Fort Worth. And then Bob Stoops had to join the show, and he said, you know, it kind of feels like our year in 2000 where you feel like you just can't lose. And that's thrown me so much for this game because it's so true, man. TCU has had several opportunities to lose this year. The K-State game, the OSU game, the Baylor game, and they just figure out ways to win. And it's hard to pick against a team like that when it feels like they're a team of destiny to make the playoff and go undefeated. Yep. Um, Kansas State led in that football game 28-10. to And TCU scored 28 28 unanswered points and beat them 38-28. So, and I'm of the opinion that if K State doesn't have quarterback injuries, then the final score is not 38 to 28 in that game. It wasn't just quarterback injuries. Deuce Vaughn went down. Yeah. Uh, Felix uh, left the football game. Defensive player of the year in the conference, right? They had, yeah, they had a bunch of guys that went down in that game um, and, and were, were really banged up. But you know, the quarterback went down. But, you know, Will Howard actually came in and played really well for him. Uh, was 13 of 20, 225 yards, threw a couple of touchdowns. Um, I'll take Kansas State, I guess. I don't, I don't feel good about either side of this game. I, I think that this is, like I said, it's going to be the game of the day. I think this is going to be a really close game. Yeah. Give me K-State in a close one. Yeah. I think I think you're right. I, I just think TCU's offense is going to like, – that's the thing. Are they going to be too much? Yeah. Because all of the skill guys, quarterback run game with Duggan. We'll see. I, you know, I, that's that's just what you're going to get. Uh, that's what you want is a conference championship with. Well, we think something's on the line with the with the playoff. Um, it could be, and it could not be. You really don't know. So, I mean, that's what you want, though. You want a championship game that's a one point spread. LSU and Georgia, the only drama I think here is if Georgia's going to cover the 17-and-a-half or not. Jalen Daniels, LSU's quarterback, who's been good this year, he got banged up a little bit in that loss to A&M. He is going to play tomorrow, but I don't know if he's going to be 100%. It really doesn't matter if he was 100%. I think Georgia's about to win their second consecutive national championship, which makes me sick, but LSU's just kind of the, the next one that's, that's staying on the tracks here. Hard when, to do. When, when you get Georgia's attention, it seems like they show up in a big-time way, man. Yeah. And this will get Georgia's attention. They're, they're really good. Really hard to do to win back-to-back championships. Um, you know, they lost a lot of guys, but just absolutely packed with talent. Number one scoring defense in the country. Um, you know, number four total defense, 270 yards a game. Just – Incredible stuff. Same thing with the Big Ten Championship, Purdue and Michigan. I think. Um, I, I mean, I think this could be you know somewhat interesting late third, early fourth. But Michigan's their, their depth. Um, they're that that's going to win out in the end, man. I, I just Purdue might put up a fight early. I think Purdue's quarterback, his brother, tragically uh, passed away earlier this week, which what? is really sad. Oh yeah. my gosh! How did, so, how did I not hear about that? Um. We'll see. That's we'll see brutal. what we'll see what Purdue has offensively. But Blake Corum for Michigan is out for the rest of the year. But they'll be all right in this game with Donovan Edwards. I, I I like Michigan probably right around that spread, probably by about seventeen. I don't know anything about Purdue. Um, guessing they probably throw it around the yard. Probably have a, a quarterback that's that's capable. Um, the problem is Michigan's defense is it's really good. Really, really. 
good. ACC championship game. Um, this one could be interesting, man. I, Clemson is favored by seven and a half, but I don't think Clemson's necessarily seven and a half points better than this Carolina team. North Carolina's bad defensively, but they're pretty good offensively. Clemson's really bad on offense. I don't know how much confidence they have as a team right now. I think that's an interesting thing to look at. Tar Heels have lost their last two games as well, but I think this will probably be a tight game as well. And I think both you and I pick North Carolina in the upset special this week. North Carolina is going to beat them. Yep. Sorry, Clemson fans. Uh, North Carolina is going to beat you. Uh, Drake May is, for those that haven't heard about him or know who he is. You will next year when he's the starting quarterback at Georgia. But for now, he is the uh, starting quarterback at North Carolina. Uh, Did you know that he has 35 touchdowns, five interceptions? I did know that, yeah. 3,800 yards passing. Oh, yeah. Uh, added six rushing touchdowns and 629 yards. Just unbelievable numbers. What, nearly uh, 4,500 yards of, of offense, 41 touchdowns, just it's crazy. a stud. And he's a, what, a redshirt freshman or sophomore? Text line, if USC loses tonight, is TCU in, win or lose? Uh, if they lose close, I think that they could be in regardless. Yeah, they just can't get blown out 38 to nothing. Yeah, they. Yeah, it. Game matters. I know Kansas State's not going to get the first thing everyone's going to do is say, "Oh well, you know, Kansas State lost a, a Tulane uh, non-power five school. Tulane is really good. Um, you know, they're playing UCF Saturday as well in a championship game. But TCU, you know how this works, Tyler. If they lose, they will get hammered like Michigan would get more credit losing to Purdue oh sure no TCU TCU will get totally undressed the Big 12 will just get hammered right Kirk Herbstreit will come out and hammer the Big 12 and say how bad they suck oh 100% right 100% and OU will probably get caught in the crossfires there with people saying how bad six and six Oklahoma of course TCU won the uh, conference or went undefeated during the regular season are you kidding me yeah so like that's the that's the one thing that's the one narrative uh, you hope that the way the conference played this year and the fact that TCU was able to make it through unscathed I here's the thing you just don't want to leave it up to to chance the last time it got kind of left up to chance when we didn't have a a championship game they got left out yep so from third all the way back to like sixth wasn't it fifth or sixth yeah Yeah, it was crazy you all too worried about utah winning if usc wins we all know what happens they will play georgia and get stomped just a rerun someone asked earlier hey if usc makes the playoff is it a rerun of OU Georgia in the Rose Bowl or a rerun of OU LSU in the Peach Bowl? And my thought was neither. I think it's a rerun of OU Alabama in the Orange Bowl where Caleb Williams gets thrown around like a rag doll, second play of the game like Kyler Murray did. You say, oh boy, this could be a long night. You get down 28 nothing, and Georgia just kind of cruises the rest of the way like Alabama did, you know? Okay, well, let me ask you. Let's, let's assume that... Um, everyone wins. USC wins. TCU wins. Georgia, Michigan, and th- that's your final four, right? Okay. Um, how do you? What do you think the seeding is going to look like? Oh, I I think it's easy. I think um, Georgia is one and would play USC four. Michigan would be uh, two and play TCU three. And I think it's going to be like that because you have to because TCU would be an undefeated team, right? I also think Georgia-USC would be more of an intriguing matchup than Michigan-USC because Georgia is the reigning national champ, right? They have a chance. Like, if you want to talk about the the new hierarchy of college football, which I really think could shift after this year, Georgia will be the new, pun intended, top dog in in the sport, right? Yeah. I think Georgia-USC is the more intriguing matchup than Michigan-USC nationally. And so that's an, that's an easy one to do. And who's what are the two semifinals hosting? Uh, Georgia would play USC in the Peach Bowl, so it would oh, be a boy. virtual home game for Georgia. Yeah. That, that would be a return to the and scene I of the crime. I think the other one is the, uh, the Fiesta Bowl, I want to say. Michigan and TCU in the Fiesta Bowl. Yeah. 
Well, that's probably right. I think that's how I would uh, I would see it going down. Now, possibility if TCU were to lose, that USC would be the three seed, TCU would be the four, and then you'd have you would have USC Michigan in the Fiesta. Yeah, potentially. That'd be a big sure. That uh, that that's swing. a huge. That is a huge. I don't think USC would win either one of those two games. Don't right. get me wrong. But that's a massive difference, man. Georgia in Atlanta or Michigan in Phoenix, that's a swing. Big swing. All right, quick timeout. More from The Rush coming up. Hour number two rolls on in studio. Stay with us. This is the Ref Sports Radio Network. Holy hail damage. Are you or your loved ones looking for a trustworthy and affordable roofing company after the storms? Look no further than Elite Roofing Systems, a sooner-born, sooner-bred, locally-owned roofing company. Elite Roofing has been helping homeowners and commercial property owners across the greater OKC area get beautiful, functional roofing systems at reasonable rates. Call Craig Cox and the team at Elite Roofing Systems today at 405-361-3094 for a free evaluation and estimate today. Sooner Nation, come join us for $2 Tuesdays at the Lloyd Noble Center this basketball season. Tuesday game specials include $2 draft beers, $2 fountain sodas, and a $2 small popcorn. Oklahoma basketball returns home Tuesday, December 6th as they take on Kansas City. For tickets, visit Soonersports.com or call the OU Athletics Ticket Office at 405-325-2424. Boomer Sooner! Looking for a rewarding career serving your community? The Norman Police Department is now accepting applications for new and experienced police officers. If you are team-oriented and are seeking the opportunity to make a positive impact on the lives of others, apply today. Applications are being accepted year-round. Find out more and apply at newnormancops.com. That's newnormancops.com. Join our team and serve your community. Reliable, fast, affordable. OEC Fiber was founded on the same principles that brought us OEC 85 years ago. We are reinvesting in Oklahoma by bringing high-speed fiber services to your homes, businesses, and schools. Make sure to visit us today at OECFiber.com to get started. OEC Fiber. We're taking internet, phone, and TV services where no one else will. a pretty lopsided matchup, Jim. Ron, this newcomer has no idea what he's getting himself into. Let's go to the action. Jim, the size difference alone is staggering. Unbelievable, Ron, and this guy acts like he doesn't have a care in the world. What is he thinking? Every day, people tempt fate and die trespassing on railroad tracks. See tracks, think train. Whether you're looking for the perfect gifts to dazzle your loved ones or choosing a present for yourself, you can rely on our elves at Mitchell's Jewelry. We have a tremendous selection of wish list favorites like stacking bracelets, diamond hoop earrings, and diamond studs, plus the favorite trend-setting delicate gold necklaces and paperclip chains. Don't make Santa wonder what you want. Let's get your wish list started. Enjoy ample parking, our sparkling clean showroom, plus complimentary gift wrap. Mitchell's Jewelry, 2201 West Main in Norman. We are the Carlstone, a 55-plus active living community in Norman, Oklahoma. Make new friends or reconnect with old ones. Start a brand new hobby or rediscover the things you've always loved. At the Carlstone, our professional and caring staff members have over 80 years of combined experience, and we strive to keep our members healthy and happy. Call or visit us online today and start living your best life at the Carlstone. Schumacher Law Group, when experience matters. Tracy Schumacher is a former prosecutor and former district judge. Whether it's a probate challenge, criminal charges, or contentious divorce proceedings, experience matters. The attorneys at Schumacher Law Group provide compassionate, knowledgeable advice, all while fighting for your best interests. Find Schumacher Law Group online at lawgroupok.com or call 405-701-1882. Hometown lawyers ready to fight for you when experience matters.
Football Friday right here on The Rush. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lame. And we're about to get to our under-the-radar player that we do every Friday. It's going to be the under-the-radar player for the entire season. So, text line, you know what to do. 405-651-3439. Let's hear your nominations. But first, OU freshman defensive lineman Alton Tarber is bound for the portal. He is now the fifth member of the program to announce plans to transfer. You made a funny face there. Are you surprised about that? No, it. no, I, I neither. I was just trying to, I was trying to remember the name and see if he was a guy that played any this year, but he didn't play at all. No. I, I don't think he logged a snap. So Alton Tarper headed to the uh, transfer portal. We'll keep you updated on what's going on with the portal as it officially opens on Monday. This has been a lot of fun doing the under the radar player this year. Uh, Fridays and then Mondays. Well, Mondays haven't always been as fun, but Fridays have been fun. Uh, brought to you by Boy Street Ventures. Boy Street Ventures is a venture capital firm that provides funding and guidance for promising under-the-radar sooner startups. Learn how you can help support OU innovation at BoydStreetVentures.com. I'll go first and let you think about it here for a couple of more minutes. I'll get to mine quick. But my under-the-radar player, and everyone knows who this guy is, and I think everyone was excited when this guy got opportunities, but I'm going to go with OU's second leading rusher and my favorite name to say on the entire roster, Javante Barnes is my hmm. under-the-radar player. Um, like I said, uh, second in, in rushing yards this year. And why I say that he's the under-the-radar player is I think that he did enough things this year, even behind Eric Gray, who had an exceptional season, for OU fans to be very excited about him and the possibility of him being running back number one as soon as next year. I, I think that his opportunities were maybe a little bit more limited because Eric Gray was so good down the stretch, which is fine. I don't disagree with that. But um, Javante Barnes, he he showed a lot of flashes and the chance to be a really, really good player next season. Yeah. Um, that's a good one. That's a good one. If I'm going with under the radar, you know, it's kind of surprising and it's not all that under the radar. Drake Stoops. Yeah. Drake Stoops. Um, he had, I mean, he's made some big time plays in his career, but the athletic plays that he made this year. Yeah. Um, dang, man. I mean, he he made some exception. The Kent State game, the Oklahoma State game, those two stick out. What were his final numbers this well, year? Well, he was he the second leading receiver in receptions, 30, 37. 37 receptions for 366 yards and three touchdowns. Not, Not bad. bad. I was going to say Braden Willis, but, I, you know, he, he – He had an under-the-radar – like, we didn't think he was going to have that type of season. It was it it was far better. Actually, you know, I feel like the numbers ended up being kind of in line with. You thought he's gonna have seven touchdowns? I think the touchdowns were high, but I feel like we said like we said four hundred fifty yards. We thought whatever Jeremiah Hall's numbers were last year. I remember before the year we said we thought that they would be comparable to that. Yeah, um, and well, maybe Jeremiah Hall had thirty five catches his last year, but it didn't didn't feel like it. Yeah. He, but 35 for 450 and seven touchdowns. I, he had more touchdowns than anyone on the team except for Eric Gray. Yeah. Which is, you know, a, a obviously not counting Dylan Gabriel throwing touchdowns, but that's I did I would not have picked he would that he would be the number one touchdown guy. Uh, text line says CJ. There, there's a few here. CJ yeah. Colden under the radar. That's a really that's a really good selection. That's I, a good, good place to start. I thought about CJ Colden, and the reason I didn't pick him was because, I, if you were to say the back half of the season, I would I would 100 say yes. Uh, I'm in CJ Colden absolutely, but. He just didn't play very much at the beginning of the year. Um, wasn't in, you know, constant rotation out there. Which but, would make him an under the radar player. No, that that's he true. Didn't play till really the Kansas game is the first time that it feels like we saw him. And boy, did he introduce himself in the Kansas game. Well, he was great. He had a couple of double digit tackle games down the stretch, I believe. Um, ended up with uh, with thirty nine total tackles, four interceptions. The you know. 
Several passes defended. Did really well. Jaron Kanick says uh, someone in the 918 didn't play every down, but he shined when he was on the field. you agree with that? I mean, he shined in the Nebraska game. Did he really shine in any other games outside that one in Lincoln? I don't know. I I would not I would would not classify him as an under the like maybe an off the radar player. Um is that he only played in a handful of moments that the game hadn't already been decided. Um but you know, I don't have a problem with that. He's going to be he's going to be a stud and uh, probably be a huge contributor next year. Sugar Shane in Newcastle says Danny Stutzman. Now that was a name that we all knew about going in, but if you wanted to phrase it as, well, he led the Big Twelve in tackles, you didn't think that that was necessarily going to happen before the year. And like even now that the season's over, it might surprise some people in the conference that he was the leading tackler. If you were to go about it that route, oh, oh okay, I could, I could see it. I, yeah, I, he doesn't really qualify as an under the radar. Um, but I thought, I thought he capped off what was a, a good season in a good way. Even though the game was a loss, I thought he played, did some really good things against Tech. Not all perfect. There was plenty of mistakes in there. I know everyone like he's one of the guys that for whatever reason is a lightning rod. Um well it's position he plays, man. There's just such high expectations there. High expectations and high visibility. You know, anything anytime something goes wrong, you know, it it usually end up getting blame at the backer spot on on a run or underneath coverage, stuff like that. And, you know, I'm not saying that they're not the blame there, but a lot can go wrong before it ever gets to the linebackers or, you know, sometimes they're trying to make a play for someone else that's out of position. You just kind of never know what's gone on 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 the play, but uh, I thought he had a really good year to build on. He'll be a totally different player next year. Dixie in Tulsa says number three, Jaleel Farouk. Yeah. He, well, he he turned into what we hoped that he was going to turn into this year after that bowl game last year. That's right. And it took him a while. Not not necessarily took him a while. It just took a while for the offense uh, for him to to you know find his real footing in there and then to be able to to find that connection. Gosh, you look back on the season, he ended up, um, you know, 33 receptions, 400 yards, four touchdowns, you know, was was really good. But it took him what felt like forever to really get rolling with anything, right? Um, he had a catch against UTEP for nine yards. Um, he had a big – he had a nice touchdown catch at Nebraska – yeah, in the corner, and then he was kind of well. He was quiet going into that, and then he was quiet for a couple of weeks after that. I feel like. Yeah, well, everyone was. All the receivers were quiet when TCU and Texas games <laughs> rolled around. That's true. He had uh, one catch for zero yards against Texas and two for seventeen against TCU. Had a pretty nice day against Kansas State, um, but it it felt like he hit a stride there during one point where he was doing some really good things, and they found him on you know that little really found it against texas running the football that he's this dude's good after the catch or whenever he's got the ball in his hand and he can create so Uh, a few more did you already mention gavin freeman we did not but the big plays that he made this year were very loud two in particular the play against utep and then the full extension catch against kansas i think is who that home game yeah i think so ku yeah north end he um for a walk-on true freshman, yeah, I'd say I'll take that. Even though the numbers didn't end up being all that big, you know, he only had three catches for forty-six. But you know, like put you him said, out there as loud. a put him out there as a kick returner yep. as a uh, walk-on true freshman. That says something. Yep, he. I think he's gonna he's gonna continue to like. I, I think Drake Stoops is probably gonna come back. That'd be my guess. Don't know that for sure, but I think he's gonna naturally kind of turn into that type of player, except I think he's faster. Yeah, he, no, I, I think you can yeah. see on the jet sweeps that he is faster. Uh, Farouk is going to be a stud. Okay. 
Um, yeah, well, okay. We got, we got a few more. Um, Kanik is still on there. Everyone wants to talk about Alton Tarber right now. Alton Tarber in the portal is the most disappointing to me. A 320-pound nose tackle. OU doesn't have any of those body types. OU needs them to be great again. We, we can talk about that coming up next, I guess, or later on in the hour. This is about the uh, under-the-radar player, which, by the way, um, our under-the-radar segment brought to you by Boyd Street Ventures. Boyd Street Ventures is a venture capital firm that provides funding and guidance for promising under-the-radar Sooner startups. Learn how you can help support OU Innovation at BoydStreetVentures.com. But just to say that we did it, I asked, I asked it to you coming into the segment. I'll do the same going out. You didn't seem like you were all that surprised that Alton Tarber was in the portal. Well, it's not or that all that I'm, disappointed. Well, I, I, I don't know. I haven't – I honestly – Nothing against him. It's probably more of a a me problem than it is anything. I feel like that's the first time I've heard his name since like signing day. I just don't remember hearing hearing much about like you know here's a guy to look out for and he's playing great in, in camp and we got to we got to keep this guy around. He's gonna. I, I just I never heard any of those things. That doesn't mean that. He didn't have that potential. I don't know. I just I I guess I'm I'm neutral. I have no idea. No idea. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. We'll hit some things that caught my eye. Next, stay tuned. The word is spreading and the ref army is growing. Keep telling your friends and family that there's only one station for true Sooner fans, and that's the Ref Radio Sports Network and worldwide on the KREF app. Hey Sooners, did you know you can use your IRA or 401k to support OU while seeking above average returns? Boyd Street Ventures supports OU in Oklahoma by creating economic opportunities for students, faculty, staff. Find out more at fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. It is the Rush on a Ref on a football Friday. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman. We call this segment What Caught Teddy's Eye. Let's get to it. Story number one is. Not a whole lot out there that caught my eye um, so far, except for Notre Dame quarterback Drew Pine. Looks like he's hit the transfer portal. Um, That's one of the more well-known guys. Um, 22 touchdowns, six interceptions this year. Not a bad player. Um, I don't. I don't think he's necessarily a difference maker, but um, you know, there's there's definitely a lot of teams out there that would like to have him. Uh, personally, I think Hudson Card's better. Hudson, the quarterback portal is already crazy. It's not even officially yeah. open yet. Brennan Armstrong at Virginia, Hudson Card, uh, this kid, um, maybe Drake May coming up here. Pretty soon. Do you soon. think he gets in the in the portal? Drake goes, May, because I heard you you well, said there, Georgia. There's, earlier. there's a rumor out there that. Um, he's going to be a Georgia Bulldog next year. So where does that come from? Where does it come from? It just it comes from one of these deals where people think that he's not even in the portal yet, but it's already been agreed to between he and Georgia that he's going to be a Bulldog next year, if you know what I mean. Well, you know, I know what you mean, but if you had a chance to leave, if you were – Drake May, which, you know, you, everyone's got a chance to leave, but you could probably go anywhere you want. I, would you go to Georgia? I wouldn't do Georgia. I'd go to, like, I'd go to Alabama, perhaps. Like, Alabama's got way better track record. Yeah, Bryce Young, will be, Bryce Young will be gone. You can throw yeah. for a ton of yards there. Um, it feels like Stetson Bennett, is he a little, a little bit more involved this year than he was a yeah. year ago, maybe, but – the point is still there. Yeah, if you want to win and you know be able to throw the ball around, Bama would probably be a better option. And it's got like there's something attached to it. Quarterback at Alabama. I don't know what's. I don't even know who the like the most well known Georgia quarterback recently Matt is. Matt Stafford, probably. Yeah. I I don't know. I I feel like if you had all of all of the places that you could ever want to go, would you really choose? Georgia, but maybe he's from that area. I have no idea where he's from or anything, but yeah, that would be interesting. Is that all for you? Yeah. I saw this last night. I, I didn't think that this was going to be as big of a deal as it was, but it, it really turned into something big. 
Bear Felica is leaving College Game Day to huh. go to the Big Noon Show on Fox. Now, I don't know how people feel about Bear. I think he's fine. Um, I feel like he does get some hate sometimes, but he's such a minimal part of game day just doing his little gambling segment that I'm guessing Fox dropped a bag for him to go over to their pregame show. I, I, I don't I don't get I don't think that that vastly improves Fox's pregame show, but okay, whatever. Bear Felique will have his last college game day show this uh, tomorrow. I didn't think that this was going to be that big of a deal in media, but a lot of people had an opinion on this. Yeah, just wondering what our text line thinks about Bear. I don't, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know anything about him other than his his quick little like picks segment that he does. Like, does he have any other role anywhere at all? He has a podcast with old Stanford Steve. I think it's like a betting call. I've never listened to it before. Now, but. Stanford Steve is like, um, what's his name's uh, SVP's boy, right? Like yeah, I think so, yeah. close friends. I don't know. That, that doesn't do anything for me. Now, if you're Fox, maybe that moves. It's more like you're trying to hurt game day more than it is like add any viewer. Like no one's following Felica too. No, that, and so, that that was kind of my point. Yeah. Is they're going to be paying a lot of money for that? So okay, um, Deion Sanders, man, there is some scuttlebutt going on that he may pick this weekend. His next destination and his two destinations are the University of Cincinnati and the University of Colorado. One, do you think he leaves Jackson State for one of those two jobs? Two, which one of those two jobs do you think he leaves for? Um, I don't know which one he leaves for, and I don't know if he will. If But if I were in his shoes and I was to leave, I would go to Cincinnati, I think. Uh, yeah, I would. I would go to Cincinnati now. I th- unless unless he's you end up being privy to more information about what the future of Colorado holds as far as conference and like what's going to happen. You know, I yeah. You don't want to be like if nothing's going to happen with Colorado and perhaps the Big Twelve or so. Like you don't want to be stuck in the Pac twelve once USC, UCLA, and perhaps more go to the Big Ten. So I think that's a big factor. That's the only reason I would say between those two, I would take Cincinnati. Well, if you were to take the Cincinnati job, how how much of a difference would that be from their previous head coach to their newest head coach? If you go from Luke Fickle to Dion, and I'm not saying that Dion would be a terrible hire for Cincinnati, yeah. but buddy, that is uh, that is two different styles there. I think you just if you're Dion, you just you just wait. No, re- uh, I mean, an SEC school will come calling at some point. Yep, someone will. Some like, and it, it may not be a a Power Five. Like, he's got time to be patient and take the one that's right. And I don't, I don't know. I I think it's going to happen for him eventually, though. He's done a good job. Yeah, uh, Michigan quarterback Cade McNamara. That was a quick uh, existence in the portal. Yeah, he is already at Iowa, or he's already committed to Iowa for next season. I, okay. Why would you go to Iowa to play quarterback? Is that your next comment? Yeah. (laughs) Are you kidding me? Yeah. Hey, I get it. They need one bad. Their pitch was probably amazing. Like you, like you're so much better. You would kill it here. They have never, as far as I can ever remember, had any type of decent offense at all. Um, they had a guy by the name of Brad Banks in 2002 that yeah, was dynamic. True. And yeah. Iowa uh, played the Orange Bowl that year against USC, and Carson Palmer and, and crew wrecked them. But that's the last guy that I remember. That Well, they had a guy by the name of Drew Tate after that. They've had a couple that's been a while, to your point. Uh, last one, the Board of Regents meeting. We talked about that with uh, OU getting the upgraded facilities. TCU spending $40 million on a new facility. Ooh. So, Yeah. Doesn't well, look as nice as maybe what OU's would be, but TCU's looks that forty million dollar facility looks pretty cool. Yeah, and the money continues to fly out there. A lot of stuff going on. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Wrapping up hour number two next. Stay with the us. The word is spreading, and the ref army is growing. 
keep telling your friends and family that there's only one station for true Sooner fans, and that's the Ref Radio Sports Network and worldwide on the KREF app. Hey, Sooners, did you know you can use your IRA or 401k to support OU while seeking above average returns? Boyd Street Ventures supports OU in Oklahoma by creating economic opportunities for students, faculty, staff, and alumni. Boyd Street Ventures invests in innovative startups by providing initial investments, strategic guidance, operational support, and help in raising additional capital to launch a company. Boyd Street Ventures can help you through the process of Sooners empowering Sooners and investing in OU innovation. For more info, go to BoydStreetVentures.com. Dorsey Jones Buick GMC in El Reno is family-owned and operated, and they take pride in providing a no-pressure, friendly sales process with excellent service. Now you can't beat that. Be sure to check out the lineups for Buick and GMC and get top dollar for your trade. So take a little drive to big savings. Dorsey Jones Buick GMC, I-40 and Highway 81, exit 125 in El Reno, or dorsey-jonesbuickgmc.com. Riverwind is your place to play this holiday season. With all of your favorite games, the best service. And so many ways to win. It's no wonder that Riverwind is OKC's number one casino. So if you want to have the best time, you won't find better than number one. Need a doctor now? Not sure what kind of doctor you need? Just call 405-515-5000, Norman Regional's Community Call Center. From 8 a.m. until 5 p.m. Monday through Friday, 405-515-5000, and a live person will match you with a provider that best fits your needs. Norman Regional has 17 primary care clinics throughout South Central Oklahoma, providing you with quality care close to home. Whether you need a wellness visit, a physical, sick care, or management of chronic conditions, just call 405-515-5000. When you have suffered a major loss, your head might be spinning. So many things can run through your mind. Is my family safe? How am I going to rebuild? Which restoration company will I be working with? After you've determined your family is safe, you should call Brown O'Haver. They will help you with the major questions you'll be facing. They will educate you on insurance claims, how to rebuild, and determine what is salvageable before someone else tells you or bills you for your own property. 405-735-5510 is the number you need to call after you've suffered a loss. Stop looking and start booking your game day hotel at NCED Conference Center and Hotel. We have great game day specials, classic queen bed or king bedrooms, premium king rooms, and a variety of classic and premium suites to choose from. Just click nced-hotel.com or call 405-447-9000. Enjoy the Sooners and stay at NCED Hotel, located on Highway 9, just 10 minutes east of Bowen Field. Call today to reserve your game day hotel, 405-447-9000 or online at nced-hotel.com. What does the 50th anniversary of Title IX mean? It means I'm valued, I'm empowered, I can do anything. It means I'll pave the way for every girl who plays high school sports in the future, just like every female student, coach, official, and administrator blazed the trail for me. Because every student deserves the opportunity to play. Encourage girls you know to participate in Oklahoma high school sports. This message presented by the OSSAA and the Oklahoma Interscholastic Athletic Administrators Association. Do you need legal help? Make the right call and choose TTSB Law to help you. A winning law firm, local in Norman, Tally Turner Spice Burtman, have experienced attorneys that will provide you the best representation possible. Whether you are facing a criminal charge, going through a divorce, dealing with family estate issues, or need help for your business, we are here to protect you. Call us at 405-364-8300 or visit our website, ttsblaw.com. Man, I love my kids so much. I once sat for three hours in the cold rain to watch her soccer team lose by 18 goals. I love my kids so much, I once used a tube to suck snot out of her stuffed nose at 3 a.m. You win. Love your kids? Love them enough to make sure they're in the right car seat. From toddlers to tweens, visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat to find the right seat for their age and size. Keep them safe. Visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. While serving in Iraq, our vehicle was hit. They didn't think I was going to make it. I'm LaToya Lucas, and I'm a veteran. I had to learn to live with the scars, both visible 
and invisible. DAV helps veterans like LaToya get the benefits they've earned. They help more than a million veterans every year. My victory is overcoming my wounds so I can help other veterans. Support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. Citra, Oklahoma, Buick GMC dealers bringing you this hour of The Rush. It is The Rush live on The Ref for the home of Sooner fans. Joe in Tulsa says, guys, does Canick play inside next year or Cheetah? Does Shane Witter start at Cheetah or backer? Does Jaden Rose stay at corner or move to safety or Cheetah? Look at this. Full okay. off season. All right, let's start. Does Canick play inside next year, inside backer or Cheetah? I would say Cheetah and um, possibly inside as well, but mainly Cheetah. Does Shane Witter start at Cheetah or linebacker? Does Shane Witter start, period, I think is where you need to start. Um, mm, no. Does Jaden Rose stay at corner or move to safety or Cheetah? I will say, because I have no idea, I will say he stays at corner, but that's just because that's where he's played now. I, I I have no idea. There's some versatility there for sure. Definite versatility. His speed, you can do some things. He there. could he could play cheetah. He could play safety. Hell, he could play backer. So, um, I'm not sure, but I hope. I that's the thing, man. There are there are some guys on this roster that have a chance to be really exciting in the future if they progress and develop. That's that's one of the few things to feel very positive about for the future after <laughs> what was a rough season. I understand. Uh, the Bear is leaving ESPN game day for big noon kickoff. Go figure. Bear is blah and his picks are terrible. Now get rid of McAfee and his pro wrestling persona. <laughs> ah, who cares? You sound like someone that's not a fan of game day. Doesn't matter anyways, I don't think. All right, quick timeout. Final hour for us coming up next. Fourteen hundred AM, KREF, Norman, Moore, O.